Amen. Father, we just again thank you for your word and pray, Lord, that you will open up this word to us. I pray, Lord, that you will open up ears and open up our eyes, Lord, that we might see that which is unseen and hear the still small voice of your Holy Spirit, Father. Lord, if I see anything in my own strength, I pray, dismiss it. And I pray, Lord God, Father, that you will anoint the word, Lord God, Father, Lord, in line with your spirit, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Glory to God. Again, I just want to, again, just to remind us of the word that was spoken last week. I believe what took place on Saturday, the 7th of October, in the land of Israel. And there was a group, it's amazing, there was a group of us in Israel and Jerusalem uh, at that particular day. So when the sirens were going off around the world, we were sitting, some of us, in Jerusalem. And um, in the sirens, we were hearing those sirens firsthand, seeing the rockets firsthand. And um, and we're in the midst of that, although we were just flying out that particular day. So it's quite unique. I did say at the time when I came back, I believe something significantly has happened. There's always been wars, there's always been trouble. It's always been in trouble in Israel. Always, you know, there's nothing new about friction with Gaza. And we know that they've already went in there on a few occasions. But I just think there's something different that is taking place at this moment in time. I believe it was not only a wake-up call for Israel, and it was a terrible wake-up call for Israel. And um, one minute they're all dancing and feasting. I've got some footage in Jerusalem because, you know, the Jews, I just love the way that they can all just worship together and, you know, just in Jehuda, in Jehuda Street, uh, Jehuda Road, just off of Jaffa Road, Jaffa Road. And I've got some film. You've got these men all singing and dancing and they're all bouncing around. And they've got the wee kids up in their arms and their, their shoulders. And they're just, you know, and it's just, they're just beautiful, just beautiful times. They love their kids. They love their family. So what is taking place is brutal, it's evil, and it's wicked and totally has to be condemned. You've got a bunch of people out there. It's not a war. They just kill people. They would kill children. They don't care who they kill. They're monsters, and they are satanic, and that's the only way you could describe it. So we have to pray for the peace of Israel that they will get their, um, the hostages back. I believe there's a couple being released, and maybe some of these children will get released as well. Amen. There was one of those happy little memories. When we were flying out, I sat next to this young man. His dad's a rabbi, and um, he now lives in Israel. And I was had this little boy, Raphael, and um, he was sitting next to me. I get a chance to share with him, but he was struggling a little bit. His wife was an American. I says, look, do you want me to hold this wee boy for you? So there me marching up and down an easy jet plane with this little boy called Raphael. Just, I know there are a lot of Jewish people there as well. And um, Glynis, as she was, her eyes were like wee saucers. Me, and can I get a shot? I don't know what it is about women and babies, isn't it? So then the baby was passed. It was past the, past the parcel. Lovely little boy. But that's the reality, you know, that babies were killed, my friend. They were not spared. There was no, there was no sympathy. They just, they were just, it was a killing spree. And, um, and they exposed themselves. But what has really exposed us to see, even here in our own streets, of course, Britain, you've got people rejoicing, marching. And, um, and, you know, there was great rejoicing across a lot of the Muslim countries. Not all of them. Um, but even here in our own nation, still people refuse to see that side of things and they're still marching because there is going to be carnage. Listen, whenever there's a war, there's carnage. Okay, guys, it's, it's, that's just part and parcel of life, you know. When we were at war with Germany, was there carnage? When we were at war, any war, was there not carnage? Were we not dropping bombs and the enemy just, you know, and they were dropping bombs on us? Look at our history. It's very hard not to have carnage, but they didn't start the war. But they attacked them and the war has been started but we need to pray that God will protect the innocent and God will deal with those who are guilty amen and God will protect Israel so I did say it was a wake-up call but it's also a wake-up call for us the church and I think the church really needs to sit up and take notice of the season and the times that we're living in I mean, so often people say, oh, well, Jesus has been talking and come back for years. I mean, we've been saying for years, for years, for years. And it's so easy just to become complacent and just say, well, I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing. When it happens, it happens. And, you know, we'll be, you know, we'll see him when he comes back. It's not going to be quite as simple as that, guys. You know, the Bible's very clear. Are you ready? You know, a wake-up call I brought out when we were in the hotel. Ibis Hotel asked for a wake-up call in the morning. says, we don't do wake-up calls. You wake yourself up. And, um, and that's what I was bringing to the church we need to wake ourselves up, you know, I mean, no matter how much I preached, no matter how anointed that is, at the end of the day, every single one of us need to wake up, we need to wake up, we need to realize the times and the seasons, maybe you think, well, there's nothing happening that's not happened, I just want to tell you, there's an awful lot happening, but unless you've got eyes to see and get ears to hear, how many times when Jesus speaks, he says, he has ears to hear and eyes to see, let them hear what the Spirit of God is saying, certainly through our ear gates, and I think we have to really listen Look and see 
Watch the news. Yes, it depends what news you want to be watching, I might add. But it's good just to see what's happening round about us at this moment in time. I did bring out again when Jesus rebuked the disciples when they fell asleep. And then when they should have been wakened in a place of prayer, they were exhausted, they were sleeping. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And can I tell you, all our flesh is weak, guys. Is weak, it's always going to cave in. In fact, Galatians 5 will tell us there's a war between the spirit and the flesh. All of us live in the flesh, but it has a massive impact upon us. And all the wrong things, I might add. Um, but it's the spirit, Jesus says. We need to be people of the spirit. That's why God gave us his spirit. Not just a wee add-on, not just something we carry around in our wee handbags, if you like, or as men, we were, whatever that might be, we're, we're lap- and our laptops, whatever. He's there to be our counselor, to be our guide. He's there to come and give guidance to us. And we need to heed, as Galatians says, keep in step with the Spirit. doesn't say keep in step with your flesh, but keep in step with the Spirit. Is the Spirit get an influence in your life? And you will determine either listen to the Holy Spirit or ignore the Holy Spirit. And if you ignore the Holy Spirit long enough and long enough, do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says your heart will be hardened and you won't even hear it. I won't even feel convicted. Don't tell me, man, about this and that. Look, just leave, you know. I know many Christians today are totally hardened. They're not in church. My own children included. Hardened. doesn't matter if I want you to talk with them. They're hardened now. They're kind of immune. And I know tons of Christians now that don't do church. Because I don't need to do church, man. Look, we're fine. You don't have to go to church to become a Christian. That's true in one sense. But if you're a Christian, you want to be in church. If you were a Christian, you want to be in the body of Christ, worshiping. We were not called to be sitting we insular lives. We have been called to be a community. Hallelujah. That's what we're trying to build here at Eastgate Church. Been trying to do that for a long time. And, um, and so we're still here. So after... 23 years plus we're still here glory to God so again I want to say this you know there's one verse John 6 63 is this Jesus Jesus says this the spirit gives life the flesh counts for nothing the words I speak to you are life a spirit and they are life hear me Jesus says the flesh counts for nothing it's the spirit that gives life therefore we need to hear the words of the spirit and this Bible that we can that we have before us from the book of Genesis to Revelation, it's the spirit of life that's in these pages. Hallelujah. You better be reading this, studying this, praying over this, and then praying and seeking the face of the Lord. Glory to God. Again, I want to just bring out the importance, and you know I've spoken about this for some time. Israel, and I spoke that it's, it's been recorded, so you'll be able to go back into our website and you can visit with those the significance of Israel. I've got down here, Israel is the most important nation in the world. And maybe some of you will disagree with that. Maybe you think Scotland's more important than Israel. I want to tell you this. Israel is the very center of the world. Jerusalem's the very center of the world. It's the most important city in all of the world because that's the city that God chose to inhabit and to dwell in. That's why Nebuchadnezzar Cyrus says, the city where God dwells. His temple was in Jerusalem. He left and was raised, to, was raised into the heavenlies in the Mount of Olives and he's coming back to Jerusalem, amen? It's not coming back to Scotland, England, Paris, or the, shall we say, Washington, D.C. He's coming back to Israel. It's the most important nation in the world. That's why Satan hates the people of Israel, and he's always tried to drive them out. Because why? Because he knows that God has a plan for that Jewish nation. They are his time clock, as someone would say. You know, you want to know how close it is for the second coming of Christ? Keep your eyes upon the nation of Israel. Well, you need to be looking at many things, but in particular, watch them, watch that nation, because God is working in and through that nation, as he is all the nations, but in particular, in that land, and that nation of Israel. It is his clock. Now, you might agree with that. You might disagree with that. That is your choice. And personally, I see the significance of Israel, and I've tried to bring that to this congregation. I don't worship Israel. I'm very clear in that. I am a happy Gentile. I don't go through my family tree looking for Jewish blood. I'm committed to my land, to my nation of Scotland. If anybody knows me, they'll know that I love this nation of Scotland. I'm passionate for my nation, more so than running over to Israel and see Jews getting saved. I'm here to see my Scottish brethren being saved. Amen. Glory to God. Although I have a love affair with the nation and God placed that nation within my heart. But this nation here, is what I am concentrating on at this moment in time. 
just for you sometimes, so many people can sometimes be very negative towards Israel and towards the Jewish people. There's a lot of scripture, you'll find it in Genesis, when uh, Lapan, Uncle Lapan, goes after Jacob. He's on the run now. He's taking his wife and his kids and all his flocks, and he's heading back to his father. And, um, and he pursues him. And during the night, God speaks to Lapan, and he just gives him a warning. He says, be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good or bad. And God says, be careful what you say to Jacob. Don't, don't say anything out of the ordinary. Be very careful what you say to this man. And I would say that as a, as, as to the church. Be careful what we say about Israel. I know some churches that demonize Israel. You know, will, will attack them verbally and just insult them terribly. As we're probably seeing, and you'll know that yourself. Be very careful what you say about the people of Israel. And I told you there's nothing special about Israel. You know the most important thing about this that's so important about Israel? God. God chose them. That's it. That's nothing, anything other than that. You've got all the crackpots in Israel as you would get in Scotland and any other city of the world. You'll get your fair share of the good, the bad, and the ugly. They're just people, wherever you might find them. But they're God's people. God put his hand upon them. And can I add, his hand is still there, even though they rejected him, but he will. And I won't want to go back in that, which he said there. My good friend, Roland Pletz, and um, many of might know him. Some of us do, some of us don't. Speaking to Roland the other night, gave me a phone. You know, Roland has written many books in end times, and Roland really believes we are living in the last days. He never put a, never put a handle on it. But even just Roland, just phoning me up and just encouraging me, he says, Arthur, he says, I don't think we realize how close we are to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, and any of you that have listened to that guy, Monty Judah, um, and he also is, a, well, he's a Jew living in America. He also believes at this moment in time that there's some serious things taking place. He thinks that actually what is taking place in Israel as we speak could be the Ezekiel war that's about to open up. And you'll find that in Ezekiel 37 and 38 running into 39 that he believes that actually could be happening before our eyes well we know that Lebanon is now threatening they have been threatening to enter into the war we know I think our embassies have actually phoned the people living in Lebanon saying look it's better for you if you leave town well I think if I was living in Lebanon and I got a, and I got a message like that I think I would be packing up and taking my kids and flying out and going back to home base but it looks like they could easily get drawn into this. Then up there in Syria, um, you've got not only the Syrians, but more importantly, you've got the Iranians, the Persian kingdom sitting up there, and you've also got the Russians, which are all sitting up there as well. So technically, you've got a lot of players right now that could easily erupt and attack Israel that could actually bring into a bit of fulfillment of this Ezekiel war. Whatever you think, when it will happen, when it will not happen, I'll leave it with you. But these guys were speaking to me and they are actually seeing, like many other people, that there's actually a lot of things going on just now that might be escaping many people within the church. In Luke 21, Jesus, again, in some of the signs of the end of the age, I'm just going to run, I'm not going to be majoring on this. I just thought I'd flag up a couple of things since I'm on this trajectory. And um, but breaking in at verse 7, we know that the disciples said to him, and um, what will be the sign that these all these things are about to take place? He was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Matthew says, actually, more than that, he says, What will be the signs of your second return? When when will all the things when will this happen? And when will be the sign of your coming back again? Do you know one thing Jesus says? He says, I go, I'm going away but I'm coming back. Now that's one thing we know. Thank God. If he came the first time in fulfillment of the scriptures, then he's going to come back a second time again in fulfillment of the scriptures. Everything has been written and we're going to see that unpacking. And Jesus began to unpack things. Of course, the first thing he says about deception, be careful that you are not deceived. Be careful. You'll hear about wars, rumors of wars, revolutions. Don't be frightened for these things must happen. But the end is not yet to come. So we are seeing wars and rumors of wars. But if we look over history, I could, you've probably seen wars and rumors of wars continuously. The world has never been at peace. It's just continuously just warring, isn't it? Father, through, you know, through many areas, all through history, you'll see all of these things taking place. He goes on to talk about nation will rise against nation. We're seeing that even now again taking place, more so. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, pestilences in various places, fearful events and great signs in the heavenlies. Well, we could still see all these things taking place, 
But I would probably say, if you look over history, you could probably see these things have taken place in the past and at different periods and different times. But we are seeing earthquakes certainly increasing. Or certainly the death toll is increasing regarding earthquakes. We are seeing terrible famines. We're fortunate to be living in a nation that we are okay. But I want to tell you this, there's huge parts of the world that are actually terribly ravaged by famine. Of, you know, and, and, and it really breaks our hearts if you actually watch some of the pictures regarding this. But Jesus said, before all this, they will lay hands on you. There'll be a time of great persecution. Listen, there has been great times of persecution, even here in my own land. They called it the killing times, probably from about 1638 to about 1688. Do you know, there was over 18,000 people died in this country, the Covenanters. And many times we've seen, we've seen, we've seen many times of great outrage in Christians. Do you know, today Christians have been massacred all over the world. How can people be singing the praises of Islam? How can people actually say they're a peaceful religion when there's many thousands of Christians being murdered on a daily basis? But then I suppose they could point the finger at us and point the finger. Well, what we use Christians when you were running the world? Catholicism. Do you know how many Christians that Catholicism also actually killed and they were, were guilty of killing? And you have to look at the Catholic Church. I'm not going to say, you know, but you can read history. Do you know the guilt that how many Christians the Catholic Church put to death as well? They could probably point the finger. But we're dealing with the here and the now at this moment in time. We are seeing tremendous attacks upon Christians and brothers and sisters all over the world. And it would probably be good if we'd have probably stood up and had a bit of an outrage against that. And we've been sitting back and not seen enough about that that we were maybe jumping up and reacting to what's taking place in Israel. Maybe for some time we should have been reacting to the carnage that we're seeing all over the world with brothers and sisters who are dying for the sake of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe I'm speaking to myself for that. Maybe we need to do a march for this as well in recognition of that, if it would do any good whatsoever. But he goes on to say these things. And about there's going to be a dreadful attack upon Israel. That was fulfilled probably AD 70. But there's going to be a future fulfillment. We know that. You could read Zechariah chapter 14. When the armies of the world are going to converge on the nation of Israel. And at that point, that's when in, in Jerusalem will be sacked again. But it says, but in the midst of that's when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back. When that people cry out for their Savior. And they will cry out for their Messiah. I believe that. And I believe that will be the trigger for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there will be another great carnage. And we're building up towards that. But just reading on from verse 25, a few other verses. It says, there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawn near. This is not a time for us to batten down the hatches and hide in our wee holes and run to the caves. This is a time for the church now to rise up and begin to speak out and to shine brightly. As I said last week or the week before, you know, when it get, the darker it gets, then the brighter we should shine. Amen. And this is our opportunity to get that word out there and be able to see these things. It was interesting, again, when we get battered. What's the name of that storm? Babette? Is that, I don't know whether they get, who, somebody's got to name a storm, isn't it? But they can name it. And it battered Scotland, battered Britain, actually. And we know it's been terribly bad up there in the north, um, up Aberdeenshire, Angus, Breakin and these places it's been it's been terrible and there was one woman's comment that actually that, that spoke to me when I was driving in the car uh, I don't know if she was in Stonehaven but she must have been talking about the waves and she says she was terrified and as that verse came back to me there she says it says there on the earth it says and I'm perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea she goes I've never seen waves like she goes I was terrified I was terrified the waves were smashing over and when she looked at them it says it filled her with terror actually that verse just came screaming off the pages to me it says people will be in perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the seas and of course you know but the devil has been is, is a master deceiver isn't he so when we start to see all the carnage of the weather because you know God uses weather now we say it's got nothing to do with God. It's global warming, climate change. This has got nothing to do with God. This is man. This is us with so much CO2 into the air and all the other things. And they've now been able to just say, so that's got nothing to do with God. So if you don't want to believe in God, this is us that's causing all of these problems. But actually, it's the Lord. I've been praying about that storm, actually, and I says, where did that storm come from? Now, there's always been storms. We can't blame every little kind of wind or anything. We can't always say, well, that's God, that's God, that's God. 
although God is in control of the weather. But I want to say this, was that storm of, came against Britain because of Britain's ungodliness and maybe the way that Britain has maybe spoken out against and did not necessarily stand up? Somebody told me that there was a, a group of people wanted to organize a march um, to stand in solidarity with Israel and the police refused to allow it to take place. And yet I see Muslims marching up and down one land and one nation. And there's many people saying many different things about it. I'm just saying, where did the storm come from? Where did that storm come from? Is that part of God's judgment against ungodliness of this nation called Britain? And don't sit there and look back at me and just think, you know, Britain is in a terrible state, brothers and sisters. I mean, it's in a terrible state. Perversity just roams the streets. Nobody says a bat's an eyelid about it. We teach perversity in our schools to our young children at an early age, in our nurseries. A man can now all of a sudden declare himself to be a woman and a woman can declare himself to be a man. I went online to, to, to bring an app onto my phone and it was asking me my gender and there it is, non-binary. Glaringly, you know, so, you know, male, female, non-binary. Do you know this is a direct attack upon the very sovereignty of God himself? God says I created them male and female. Men are turning around and says, you will not identify me. I will identify myself. I will choose who I want to be and who I do not want to be. Do you not see the rebellion of this nation? This nation, let's deal with this nation. Forget the other nations. We know America is like way ahead of the gang. But all of, across Europe and all of these other nations, do you see the defiance, the arrogance? We, we, God, I just dismiss God. God doesn't exist. Phew. Number of people that blaspheme his name and just mouth off against him. Do you think God is not angry? Do you think God just sits back and just says, oh, well, and, you know. Of course God judges the earth. I've told you continuously. I brought that out just the other week there. So I asked myself, where did that storm come from? Guys, can I say as well, let that storm be in a wake-up call. It didn't affect us because we were down here. Look, it was nice and sunny down there. Could you imagine your house is underwater and your car's floating down the road? A boat had to come and take you out of your house and take you to safety. Who knows when they're going to get back in? The houses are ruined and wrecked. It caused carnage. Some people are saying it's probably the worst that's happened. But I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's been terrible storms before. It should be, again, a wake-up call. These are, these are signs that God can send to us to wake us up, to give you a bit of a shock treatment. You know what I mean? When somebody comes and just sticks an, bit an electric onto you. You ever had somebody, an electric shock? I hate electric shocks, but I've had a couple of them in my past, just a dodgy machine once. I remember, to this day, I remember I was in engineering for a, for a little while, and I went and pressed, pressed a button, and this shock hit me. I, I flew across the room and hit this wall over the other side. I've, I've got a, I don't like electricity. I just don't like it. It's just... You know, if you've ever been shocked, you'll know what I mean. It's just sudden, it's just... And, um, but sometimes a shock can be good for us if we want to pick us up. So here we see again, Jesus is very clearly identifying signs and times and things that will take place before his coming. We look around and we can see that as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so it shall be in the latter days. Now, look at all the perversity. How now, We've always had it, but look how it's exploded and we could probably be kind in, let's say, the 1990s. But look how it's exploded just even over the last 30 years, even over the last 15 years. I mean, unbelievable. Could anybody see that happening? Could, it, could anybody see that happening? It's just unbelievable. And everybody seems to have went with it, and it seems to have swept right through our nation and the nations. To me, I would say it's glaringly obvious that we are living in these days. So glory to God. The beauty of the Word of God, though, and this is what I love. I love this word. I love this word. This is the word of the living God. This word has changed my life. Thank God for godly preaching. Thank God for godly counseling. But it's this word. This word changed my life. Hallelujah. Because it is the word of God. It's not a natural word. It's a living word. It's not a fleshly word. It's a spiritual word. It did not, you say, well, it was penned by the hands of men. And yes, you would, I would have to agree, obviously. But it was God that dictated it. Their hands were guided by the Spirit of the living God that these words were written down for us, secured for us, and brought down through history that we now have them at our disposal and we can read. Isn't it, do you know, we get excited about that? The very Psalms that David wrote, or you know, the account that Moses put down and kept for us, and Samuel and other people, that we have got them here. The great prophets, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah. It's wonderful, isn't it? And then we get into the New Testament. Uh, these have all been recorded for us, the precious word of the living God. And yet, how often do we open it up and treat it like that? So often, and I've been maybe guilty in the past sometimes, too busy. I've got other things to do, or 
Or maybe I'm just watching too much television. Hallelujah. I really need to be reading this word because this word is, will tell us everything we need to know what's going to happen yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody says, this is your, this is your newspaper. Today. Don't trust one newspaper. Don't trust newspapers or that Google box and whatever things that we are getting told for that. The word of God has told us from the beginning to the end. Hallelujah. God is the Alpha and he is the Omega. Everything, as we know, has got to be fulfilled. Jesus has said that very clearly. I've got down here, God has set out his plans and purposes from the beginning to the end. Everything has been recorded from the beginning to the end. Do you want to know what's going to happen at the end? This Bible is going to tell you the things and events. And I've just read some of them. Jesus, actually speaking into the realm of the future, was already telling us what to look out for and the things that are going to take place. Just a couple of verses there in Matthew. And um, just given the... Jesus himself, as he was speaking about the word of God, hallelujah, because I think many people think Jesus came and abolished the old to bring in the new. He fulfilled the old, and yes, he did bring in the new, but the new is actually just actually bringing light and life to the old, hallelujah. In verse 5 and 17, after the seminar, or during the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets, for I have come not to come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything has been accomplished. Glory to God. There's still a lot of things to be accomplished, brethren. As I said, it's set in stone. Hallelujah. You will be aware of the Daniel 5, and, um, and that's when... Nebuchadnezzar is um, now passed, passed on, and it's Belshazzar, his son. We know he has a big party behind the walls, and, um, and he brings out all the, the, the ornaments that they've taken from the temple of God, and he begins to use the golden go goblets, and he begins to make a mockery. They're worshipping their gods, and there's all kinds of debaucheries, all kinds of immorality. It's one of those raves and one of these wild, wild kind of parties. In the midst of it all, it says a hand suddenly appears, onto the plaster and begins to write a message onto the wall. Now, I'm sure if a hand appeared and we're all sitting here and this hand just suddenly appears and starts writing on that wall, I'm sure even the bravest of us, our knees are going to be a little bit kind of tender. We're going to be like, whoa. It would certainly catch our attention. We'd be freaked out. More so, Belshazzar would be freaked out in particular. And it says his knees began to knock together. You see, when God turns up, I want to tell you this, the fear of God just will come upon them. And we can see that there in this king. And, he's, and as he's sitting here, nobody can read the writing. Could you imagine that? Like, what, what, what's that message? What is it saying? But it's written in a language that nobody can actually interpret. And as he now gives, he, he, he sends out to the whole kingdom, all the, all the wise men, all the astrologers, anybody that, can, that was known for the, any of that. He brings every one of them in and he says, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you all the wealth you can, you can want. Just tell me the interpretation of that message that's been written on the plaster. And we know none of them, none of them can interpret the words. And then, of course, this old man Daniel now that's seen quite a few kings in these days coming and going. And then somebody says, oh, no, there is one. You know, mother comes and says, there is one. This man Daniel, who actually your father as well was very highly recommended. I says, and he's been known. He's that the Spirit of God is in this man and he knows he can interpret these sayings. So Daniel is sent for and called to the table. Let me just read a little bit of that. We'll maybe break in about 22. So he comes and he's, and now he, he just says to him, listen, you know what took place with your father Nebuchadnezzar. You know this story. You know how God reprimanded your father Nebuchadnezzar and turned him into a madman. And you know all of that story. And yet, why did you not fear God? Why did you not acknowledge God? And so we'll read from verse 22 in Daniel 5. It says, but you, his son, O Belshazzar, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all of this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets of his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives, your concubines, you have drank wine with them. You praised the God of silver, gold, and bronze, iron, wood, stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor God who holds your ha your, his hand, who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Amen. Guys, I think, I think that is a wake-up call to all of us. Do you know at this moment in time that every single one of us, God holds your life in his hand? 
Every single one of us, I don't care who you are. Do you know that your life right, right now lies in the hand of God? God could just call you out like that. Just like that. Just. And yet, they did not honor him. He says, you did not honor him. We're living in a nation, maybe you're here today, and you, you don't think you have to honor God. You're full of your own self. I just thank God I can honor God today. Hallelujah. I came a time in my life when I surrendered my life to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God that I can honor him. And therefore, he sent this inscription in this hand. And this is the inscription, if I'm pronouncing it in this name of you, it says, Mini, Mini, Tekel, Passen. And he says, Now, this is what the words mean. God has numbered the days of your reign and he's brought it to an end. You have been weighed in the scales and you've been found wanting. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Amen. Not a very good message, is it? I don't think I'd like to get a message like that myself, you know, like, you, you know, you've been weighing the scales, you know, you know, God's bringing your days to an end. You've been weighing the scales and you've been found in wanting and your kingdom is divided now and it's going to be taken away from you. Amen. And we know that very night he was put to death. Glory to God, his days was numbered and his, his kingdom was gone. But the thing is, well, there was a message written up there, but no one could actually, had the revelation, no one had the wisdom to be able to understand the message. And as I was reflecting upon this, you know, this word of God is before us. And I've, you've heard me saying often, it's like sometimes I, I do despair because I see so many people with so many different opinions and yet we've got the same word. We've got the same word. And, and yet there can be so many, well, I think it says this, you know, when people come in, well, this is what I think. And well, I think it says something else and I say something else again. And I've really had a burden to say, Lord, I, Please, Lord, open up my eyes that I can see what, what actually are you saying in this word? Because two can't be right. It's a North Pole, South Pole. We, we need to hear the word. And I don't mind saying to you guys, I, I'm not pre-trib. I am not pre-trib. Now, I've got brethren in here that you use a pre-trib. I will probably hang my hat towards post-trib, according to the scriptures. And I'm, I'm quite openly, most people know me. That's what I would say. And, um, and I believe that there's going to be some great times of trouble that I'm going to have to go through. But you know something? I believe God is going to take me through it. Hallelujah. I don't worry about it. I'm just, I just know that whatever happens to me, as long as I keep walking with the Lord, I'm secure. In fact, if you ask my wife, I believe that I'm going to, be, I'm going to, I'm going to die, not a natural death. Glory to God. I believe somewhere in the future, I've always had that in my heart. I'm a covenanter man, you know. I read the covenant. I love the covenanters. And it's not just because I'm consumed with the covenanters. When I see what the, the, the metal of the men of this nation, of our former church, I want to tell you this, that's men. Men that never shirked. Men that stood up, stood firm, even though it was going to cost them their hands and their heads to be taken off their body and to be stuck in spikes. My friends, I want to tell you this, they stood up. They spoke out. They were not going to be intimidated by the powers of this world. Well, they could have sat back and they could have kept their heads down. And you've heard me often saying, I would rather, I would rather die, I would rather die in open field than die in my trench, hiding. And I believe the days are coming and, and, and fast approaching to us when God's got to set out the men from the boys. Hallelujah. So glory to God. So we see these events that's taking place, and we need to know, understand what the word is actually saying to us glory to God you know if you read up further up there in the book of Daniel keep an eye on this watch we're, we're fine we're ahead of time I always say that and then all of a sudden I'm chasing time I don't want to be chasing time but I don't want to miss the mark with this no Daniel was a, was a great man of God phenomenal man of God and he speaks about the end times we see that in chapter 12 speaks about them he says at that time Michael the great prince who protects your people will arise and there will be a time of distress such as never ha not happened from the beginning of nations until then but at that time, your people and everyone whose name is written in the book of life will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. But those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. For many will go here and there to increase knowledge. And we know that many people interpreted that. People now, we're living in an age where knowledge is just like abounding. You know, like we'll get super 
computers now and people now have never, well, knowledge is everywhere to such a degree now. It's, men are becoming redundant. That's why we're all having to become transhumanism. Get a little chip put in your brain. We need an upgrade as some of these great scientific brains out there. And globalists are all telling us now we need to get an upgrade. And we need to get a computer chip put into our brain because we're, we're, robots are going to be taking over the world. But we'll leave that with the Lord. Where else can I break into? Then Daniel looked, and there before me stood two others, one in the bank of the river and one in the opposite bank. And one of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand towards heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, a times, and half a time, which is basically probably three and a half years. When the power of the holy people had been finally broken, all of these things will be completed. And I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked my Lord, what will be the outcome of all this? And he says, Daniel, go your way. For the words have been closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. But none of the wicked will understand any of these things. But those who are wise will understand. You know, I often pray every morning. And uh, I want to say I was the brightest kid in the block. I don't want to undermine myself. But I don't want to overstretch myself. So I'll keep myself just in that little platform. You know, I always say, Lord, I just pray that you said if anybody lacks wisdom, they can ask of God and God will give it without showing any, you know, any favoritism. It's not amazing that the God that we have. Well, sorry, you've not got a PhD. You can handle the wisdom. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not, you know, it's such an intellect. The Bible says whosoever. God will give wisdom. So God doesn't look down on anybody, even, even, even somebody that's never poorly educated or somebody that's super educated. We've all got an even playing field. You know the most important thing is you start chasing God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You start really pushing into him and saying, so Lord, please teach me your ways, show me your ways, give me understanding. Father, am I reading this? You can't just read this Bible and understand it, my friends, and just think, okay, I can just read that. No, I'm afraid of this. You need the Spirit of God to actually open up this word to you in a powerful way. And depending upon how much you're going to seek God will be depending on how much God is going to, God is going to open up this word to you. Why tell you that right now? Depending on how much that you begin to really seek God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind will be depending on how much God begins to open that up. And I want to tell you this, there's a lot of gems in here still waiting to get opened up into these latter days and revelation that God is going to bring. And it's not the new super prophets and super apostles as they build themselves that are out there in that big world of, I won't get into it, wealth, health and prosperity, you know, the super ones. I want to tell you this, who are actually saying that we actually, we need them more, just as much as the word, because they're getting special revelation just now to help us to understand it all. We'll leave that with the Lord, and they will be held accountable before him. So what do we see? I love that verse of scripture there in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, and it's the men, I've got down here, we need men who can understand the word, amen. And in 1 Chronicles it says, and, and there was the children of Ishikah, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. I want to tell you this, we need to see men, and, and I'll bring women into that as well. Ladies, I'm not denouncing you. <laughs> when the Bible talks about men, it talks about, you know, plural. You know, when it talks about mankind, God created mankind. Women were involved in mankind, amen. God is looking for a people now that I believe there. It says, wouldn't it be great to say, they who know the times and know what needs to be done. The men of Ishika. They knew the season and the times, but they also knew what had to be done. Like never before, we need people that are going to rise up in the church who are able to discern what is actually taking place, but also come up with what, what we need to do. And that is that prophetic mantle. If you know, I love the prophetic. You know, the Bible says, do not despise the prophetic word. Hallelujah. But test it. Everything needs to be tested because there's a lot of crackpots out there all over the place. Maybe some people consider me to be a bit of a crackpot. And, um, and I just say, well, praise God. In fact, we're out the streets there on Wednesday, and I had a mic, and I went on the mic, and I was doing a bit of kind of gospel preaching. Alan was out there as well. Margaret, I don't see her. Um, is she here? No, she's not. And, um, and anyway, you, you, just, you just sound off, don't you? We had a few little kind of skirmishes with a couple of characters at the beginning. But anyway... So later on, we're out there handing out tracks. This guy's walking by me, and I says, look, can I, excuse me, sir, can I? He says, no, I'm not interested. 
I didn't. I remember he was standing up at a, 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 a shop because he had this little blue badge on. I seen these two guys. They were doing a lot of hand signals. Put it this way, they weren't really friendly. <laughs> they were obviously not very happy with what they were hearing. And so he was one of them. He's walking by and he says, no, he says, he says I've heard you. He says, he says, there's no way I would even consider coming to talk to you. I says, are you sure? He went, absolutely. And he just marches off. He says, you're a crackpot. And there we go. And I, went, and I just remember saying, well, thank you, thank you very much. And then, and then well, obviously you've got to kind of say something. And I'd rather say thank you very much than another spirit might rise up and just, you call me a crackpot. And um, But glory to God. So he's entitled to his opinion and what is being said there. But do we not need people? Do you know this nation, and I'm very proud of my nation. I'm disappointed in my nation at this moment in time. It breaks my heart to see the condition of my nation. Once, as I said, we were the talk of the steamy. Do you know the, the influence that Scotland had across the world? Do you know we were known as a godly land and a godly nation? And God favoured us. Hallelujah. God favoured us. Now we're known as a land of drunkards and drug addiction. We're known as a land where it's a capital in Europe. We are the death capital, in, I mean, in Europe. Do you know how bad that is, guys? We Scotland, the whole of Europe. And, um, and we're known for all the wrong things. We're known now for the nation wants to be pushing perversity. I mean, I have to say, thank God for the English because they've restrained us a couple of times. Thank God for Westminster. They restrained us from wanting to push transgenderism to an age of 16 when a man could re-identify or a woman could re-identify and within three months they could be going about with a bit of paper. Hi, I'm a woman now. <laughs> After three months, didn't need two doctors to sign it off. Self-certification. Self okay. That's my new identity and you need to accept that. And, um, and Scotland wanted to lead the charge. How sad is that? I mean, do you realise how sad how sad that is. And it breaks my heart. I get embarrassed. Do you know, we, a lot of nations were talking about us. I mean, for goodness sake, Scotland? Scotland? Surely not. And nations were laughing at us. But that gets me angry. A righteous anger that wants to drive me before the Lord. And I says, oh, Father, please, please restore that prophetic mantle that our nation was once known for in times past. I say this in finishing. I face the east. Don't ask me why, but I do. When I'm up in my hill, I face the east and I stand against that Jezebel spirit. That's when Nicola Sturgeon, I suppose, was in habit in Hollywood, but it was really looking beyond her. There's a spirit behind that. And I would stand against that. I says, Father, please open up Obadiah's caves. Remember when she was killing the prophets? Interesting, the Jezebel spirit went after the prophetic mantle, went after the leaders of her nation. And that's what happened during the killing times. She went after the strategic people and she wanted to put them to death. She got rid of them as quickly as possible. Anybody with that prophetic mantle. She was killing the prophets. But Obadiah, he had 50 in one cave and he had 50 in another cave. Hallelujah. He protected them, watered and fed them, kept them going. First comes Elijah turned up. He says, did you not know what I've done? I've, you know, I mean, I've, I've been protecting the prophets. Then I turned to the west and I look over at the west and I stand against that Goliath spirit. And then I pray, I says, Father, open up Adullam's cave. David and his mighty men. In the realm of Saul, but in that realm, there was a nucleus of people that were being trained in Adullam's cave. Hallelujah. Mighty men of God were being trained in the realm of Saul. Hallelujah. In that cave. Hallelujah with David and his men. And I says, Father, open up Adullam's cave. Let us see the mighty men and the women again that actually, that I believe God has hidden. God has hidden something in Scotland. Amen. He's not finished with us. Amen. I believe, I believe, now listen to me, I'm saying I believe that God has got something reserved in this land. It was hidden. It was hidden. In fact, some of our glorious father, the covenanters, when they were being in, before they were hanged, they would say that, Lord, oh Lord, remember the covenant. Remember Scotland's covenant. Hallelujah. And yet, Scotland's covenant will yet be the revival of our nation. There is something special, I believe, and it's hidden. And it's waiting for it to be opened up again. Listen, God is waiting for his people. And it could be you, it could be me. If people are going to get before God, I want to tell you this. See, when you want to open something up, you need to get before God with a passion, with a vengeance, and give him no rest. And begin to cry out to him and cry out to him into such a way 
when God is going to hear that cry, and I believe there's a prophetic mantle that's going to come again to this nation of Scotland. Amen. That's what I'm believing. And I'll tell you this, I want to die, and even if, see if I don't see it in my life, I would rather die believing in something than just believing and saying, oh, what, what the heck? There's still an opportunity for Scotland to rise up again and be used by God, but it's going to take a special people. Amen. Can I encourage all of us that all of us are special? You don't need to be standing up here to be special. There's nothing special about standing up here, guys. If you'd have seen me the other day, you'd have probably realized that as well. There's a whole different side to everybody who thinks the idea to stand up here and speak. I want to tell you this is a whole different side. And you know, many, you know how many times I've said to God, Oh, God, please, I've had enough. I'm thrown in the towel. There's people who've been in here in the past that's been in this church before, and they would tell you that as well. I just got to the end of myself, man. I'm just, Lord, I just, I just want to go and pick up the tools again. I've got some skills in my hands. I've just, Lord, I can I just go back and go on my boot and you know, I'll come and be a happy camper. I'll sit up the I'll sit up there and I'll say, Amen. And I'll I'll do my wee bit in the, about the church. But don't want it, I don't want to be I, I just felt totally inadequate. And sometimes I just thought I can't be bothered with a hassle. Well, praise God, Heather, there, amen. Amen. I suppose that was open to opinion, but thank you. But anyway, do you know what? God has never allowed to release me. As much as I threatened to do it, sometimes I was, I was set, I had a wee happy thoughts thinking, right, that's it. I'm, I'm going to throw the towel and I'm going to just announce that's me, I'm finishing. And, and, but I've just never had that freedom within my spirit. Thank God there's been a restraint on me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Some people are saying, Lord, please lift the restraint. <laughs> Guys, my heart is to see everybody here rising up. Tommy, can I just say to you, I look at you, Tommy. I love you to bits, Tommy. And I want to tell you this. I can see something great in this man. And, it's, and I'm not saying that you're no great just now, Tommy. I'm just saying. I just see, though, it's, there's, there's just something in the intensity within you that I really believe that, that, and I've said that to your face, and I'm just saying it in front of the fellowship. I could, I could bring many other people in here as well. Glory to God. You know, sometimes it's dead easy to see the kind of external in Tommy, but I believe there's a, there's a real internal with him as well that we don't see, but God sees. Thank God for that, isn't it? Thank God God sees beyond us. I mean, we're all confronted, we, we all get confronted with ourselves, don't we, in the mirror? And you, and you stand there and you're kind of, you know, you get a wee bit of gel in your hair and all that, you know, right, my ready face, the world, I've got my tie and that on, get the suit on. Okay. I've got this wee bit of paper here, see that, because I cut myself shaving. Why is it about cutting yourself shaving? You know, I mean, it was like, ah, it's a bit of blood here. Now I pulled it off, I mean, before I came out and started, and then the blood started again, I had to run in there, I'll need like, another bit of paper on this, this is undignified. But the fact is, I'm looking back at myself, because I see beyond me, regardless of what you think of me, maybe something, oh, he looks a smart guy, the person lives, anything but. But you look beyond yourself, you look at yourself square in the eyes, don't you? You just look at yourself. And then you, you, you know yourself. You know yourself, and that's, that's a frightening thing, isn't it? Because you know yourself. But you know what's even more frightening than that? But God knows you. But God knows you. That's even more frightening, isn't it? Because, I mean, is it just me who gets terrible thoughts? Sometimes I wonder where these thoughts come from. I mean, terrible thoughts. I need to be careful. Linda's not sitting there. And I sometimes, oh, I get terrible thoughts. I can see Linda glaring at me. <laughs> you know, just crazy thoughts. Horrible thoughts sometimes. I'm like, And all of that, though, and you look back at yourself, you say, but, you know, just one time you just said, but God says, but I chose you. And just to know that, just to know that, just to know that, that God says, but I chose you. That's what makes you special. That's what makes you feel good about yourself. It's not going to be a term, I don't look good, I don't have no, I wish I could be somebody else. You know, we live in a world that lives in that kind of, that, you know, that kind of Facebook, and that's why you get, you, you know, all these people doing Facebook, who the heck's that? You know, they give themselves a, what is that, a makeover, a brushover, they, they, they're, they're kind of picture perfect. What do they call that? They put up this face, you know, that's my cousin, that's nothing like her. I think my daughter put one on me, we were up in Edinburgh one time with a special day, my wee daughter Kathleen, and, um, and she put this picture on me, what the heck's she done to me? I mean, I look pretty good there. I goes, Katie, for Pete's sake, what are you doing that? You know, you do that, you can do your... 
But you know something, we, we all carry some inhibitions where, whatever it is, you know. But the most important thing is, but God says, but I've made you and I've chosen you and I've accepted you. Do you know, all of us crying out for acceptance, friends. All of us. Sometimes you, you're desperate for the, you know, for the, you know, for your, your, your wife to, you know, to your, you know, or your husband, you know. Listen, I want to tell you this, it's God. See when, see when you get close to God and you just know that God is with you. That's it, you just, it changes you. I I'm not looking at myself anymore. I'm not looking at whether I look good or not good. I've got false teeth, I've not got teeth, you know what I mean, whatever. You go beyond all of that. You go beyond the natural, it takes into the realm of the spirit. And as long as I know that God says, Arthur, I'm with you. I'm happy with you. And you feel that, you know, that inner witness. I don't mean kidding yourself. When I know a lot of Christians that kid themselves on thinking that, that oh, everything's wonderful. I, want you, I mean, I would say to him, my friend, I don't know who you're listening to, but it's not the spirit of God because see your life, but it's not one bit reflecting what God wants for you. But when you just know that you start pushing into God and you just want to just, you want to just, you just want to go like, God, take me to the higher places, Amen. Take me into the deeper pools. Glory to God. Because that's where I want to be. I'm, am I happy where I'm at at this moment in time? No, I'm not. Do you know why I'm not happy? Because I know there's something else. Whenever you become happy, you settle. But I know there's something else. And so therefore, yes, I'm here. But I know that there's something else. And I'll just leave that between me and the Lord. Amen. But therefore, it makes me then chase harder. It makes me push harder. It makes me push into the things of God, amen. And I'm just keeping going. Guys, I want to encourage every single one of us. Events are transpiring before our very eyes. And it's so easy just to just take notice of them. I want to tell you this. Take notice of what's taking place today. Do not let it just, don't just throw it off. We are living in unique days. We're living in the last days. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are living, we could be a people who will actually see the heavens parting to see the Lord Jesus Christ coming in the clouds of glory. Hallelujah. And we will be caught up with him. Father, we just thank you again for today. And Father, even in my own unique way of trying to put things out there. But Lord, your word is true. Everything must be fulfilled. Lord, the prophecies that speak about your second coming, Lord, outnumber the prophecies that were spoken about your first coming. Lord, we pray today, open up our eyes. I pray, open up the eyes of all my brothers and sisters and anybody who might be listening. I pray, open up our ears that we might hear the voice of the Spirit. Lord, help us to be like the people of Ishika, people who know the times and know what needs to be done. Father, I pray, help us to know what needs to be done in our own life, first and foremost. And Lord God, what needs to be done, I pray this day. May you bless every single person in this room today, Father. May nobody leave and just say, well, that was a good meeting and forget about it, Lord, before the, Lord, before the night is done. I pray let this be trans transforming. Let this be something, Lord God, that's actually going to be a catalyst, Lord God, for them, Lord God, Father, to kick themselves into gear, to rise up and to be changed and transformed in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Jim is going to, Jim's going to tell me about the box. Listen, we, 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 we lift up free will offerings in this church, so you're not going to hear me banging, banging, banging the drum about how much you need to give, and you're going to be blessed if you give. I do believe that God does bless us, and we just bless what giving. So there's a box here. If you want to give something, then we will use it for the glory of God here in this church, and then we will thank the Lord for that. Amen. So God bless you. Don't rush away. Let's have some tea and some fellowship and encourage someone today. Amen.